We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode three of the Swider Show with Patty Casey. Uh, we just wrapped up our interview with Colin Gillespie and, and Patty. That was a that was a great interview, huh? Yeah, great interview. Great guy. Um, welcome back to everyone, first and foremost. But yeah, Colin's great. It's great sitting down with him. I, we mentioned a couple times he's our first first non-Q's guest, so I think it went really well with with the first, you know, guy outside the family, so to speak. Yeah, no, nah, it was it was great. I think Colin, just, just his story coming up of him not getting recruited, him kind of growing up wanting to play football at first, then all of a sudden turning into a, a two-time All-American, two-time Big East Player of the Year. And that has everything to do with just, just him, the type of player he is, the, the tenacity he plays with, and just honestly, like, Colin just – goes out there and plays with a clear mind and honestly yeah. that's that's all you need sometimes yeah I was I mean we mentioned in the interview I've been a fan of his for a few years now because um yeah I played him in high school and it didn't go well at all so no it was very fun sitting down with him coming into this week I, I had another week of uh just getting ready getting ready for the season um we, I got to go on this this trip to San Diego and uh, kind of got to, to sit down with the guys got to go out to dinner with the guys um got a couple practices in and um honestly it's just been a great experience so far lebron and yeah. ad and all those guys have been great to me so uh i'm just getting really excited for the start of training camp um for for everything that's going on and having media day yesterday was kind of just the start of everything so um so you're getting out ahead yeah. of all my questions here this is all i prepared i don't know what else to say <laughs> no but i i mean i guess just for the listeners um sort of take someone inside what a media day in the NBA looks like, obviously, you know what I mean? Like, are you doing interviews all day? Is there a bunch of photo shoots? Are you, like, striking poses and, like, kissing babies and stuff? Or how's it go? I would say the Lakers uh, media days might be a little different than some other NBA media days just because the amount of coverage that we have. ESPN's there, yeah. NBA TV's there. Um, I mean, it's it's the Lakers. like <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's also LeBron, too. So um, right. just, just being around those guys yesterday and just kind of seeing the, the things that, they have to. I mean, I didn't have to do a press conference in front of all the media, but I did a couple of interviews uh, with the Lakers people, Lakers yeah. media, and um, obviously the the guys like LeBron, Nad, and Russ, and uh, Patrick Beverly. They, they had a lot more media to do than me, so I was 
I was thankful mm-hmm. to kind of kind of get out of there early. Um, but but yeah, no, it was it was definitely hectic. A lot of questions, a lot of answers to be, a lot of questions to be had, yeah. a lot of answers. And uh, honestly, it was just a great experience. <laughs> it's funny, uh, a bunch of my friends have been sending me this picture of just me and. <laughs> Patty actually brought it up earlier. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was going to ask for your best story from the day, but I think I actually know the answer already. So just kind of fill people in on, on this meme that you might have started yesterday. Yeah, so th- there's actually a, a video, and then it turned into a picture of me and Scottie Pippen looking at LeBron in, in year 20, right? And uh, yeah. the, ca- the caption of the, the TikTok is, uh, this picture says a thousand words. You know what I mean? Like... Like this picture mm-hmm. can be put in so many different lenses. Obviously, Scotty with who his dad is, uh, and then LeBron yeah. obviously being year twenty. Le- LeBron's been my favorite player my whole entire life. Right. So just kind of being there, see- seeing that firsthand, and just seeing just 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 how elite he still is at right thirty seven, thirty eight. He's just well, unreal. Like you said. Uh, when I saw it after I stopped like dying laughing for a couple minutes, I kind of stopped and thought because I sat on my couch yesterday and flipped on NBA TV and they were covering the Lakers. So I was like, oh my God, Swiders. <laughs> like, show Swider, show Swider, show Swider. And uh, they're interviewing LeBron, so they didn't show any FaceTime. You, you were probably preoccupied with other stuff. But the other thing that like you're saying is it's insane. They asked him a question in this interview and they're like, what's your favorite? Um, like basket of your career like when you think of your entire career what's what's the one that you go back to the most because he's about to break likely going to break the scoring like Kareem's scoring record and he said his he was like it's got to be that first one man like I was in the NBA and I hit a turnaround and like kind of proved to myself that I could do it and I was like oh my god Swider's his teammate and Scotty's the same age as you and they were like three years old when that happened and he's still like one of the best players in the world you know what yeah. I mean it's insane yeah and Max wasn't born yet <laughs> yeah, that's that's nuts. Yeah, because you're 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 old. You're real old by like rookie standards. Very very old. Five years of yeah. high school, four years of college. Um, right. Definitely definitely a little older for my draft class. No, but I thought of that. I was like, oh my god, that's wild. Yeah. Like twenty full years ago. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Just just the amount of greatness. And then then just being around AD and Russ and just seeing how, how professional they are in terms of answering questions mm-hmm. and. Um, just to start a training camp is I'm really excited to get going with these right. guys and just just kind of build. Yeah. Last thing I want to mention is I think um, any media day they should just send Patrick Beverly to every team so he makes every media day like really entertaining because anything he says in front of him like it's like you could tell it's how he is at all times but he's just like a such a hilarious like entertaining guy to listen to. I was just gonna say that I, I like that's who he is. Every day, yeah. in, San, in San Diego, at dinner, at in the game, on the practice court, like that's who he is every single day, and it's just so refreshing to see someone who's actually like that genuine of a person. So, so it's it, it's great being around him. He, he he's taking great care of me so far. He, he was looking out for me in San Diego, and uh, it's just it's just been an honor just to be around those guys and just kind of just learn right. the professionalism that that they go about their business with. Yeah, no, I mean, you're in a perfect spot to, like, learn from all those guys that are vets and, like, actually prove themselves. Um, but, yeah, I guess moving forward here, we kind of jumped ahead of, of our mailbag question of the week here. But uh, our producer, Adam Lewis, is going to jump in and, and do his duties here of, of the question of the week. 
Yeah, Swati, you kind of stole this one uh, from yeah. this mailbag question <laughs> that we got this week, but it's all right. We didn't get uh, into it too much. Yeah, we didn't get into it too much. The, the question of the week, uh, after training all summer in Los Angeles, how was your trip to San Diego? And what was the coolest part of doing mini camp for the first time? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I think for me, just another great question. Yep. Yeah, another great question. Thanks, thanks to our listeners. But um, I would say for me, the, I think the coolest part is just being able to go out there with the guys and kind of like be on like a little road trip. You know what I mean? Eating meals with the guys, being around them. Just Patrick Beverly said in our in our press conference yesterday or in the media day yesterday, it's like we really just caught a vibe. Like being able to yeah. catch a vibe with all the guys, see how they are interact with AD and LeBron and, and, and ha- like it's, I don't think it would ever get old for me but just just realizing like hey these are my teammates now and then obviously doing all the shooting drills and and uh, just just kind of just getting into our little basketball like like what it takes to be great and just seeing LeBron mm-hmm. on on full it's like just it's just unbelievable yeah, just go mode yeah yeah just seeing him like seeing him play live for the first time in, in terms of our practice our practice it was it was great. So yeah, just all those things in general about San Diego was great, and um, yeah, it was a great trip. Do you have it? Do you just like kind of roll into training camp here, or um, like how many days are sort of in between? Yeah, so uh, we actually started training camp today. So today was our first practice of training camp, um, and and yeah, so so we 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 came back from San Diego on Sunday, had media day Monday, and then. Right in the training right. training camp today, so just just being around those guys again, just kind of going over schemes, coverages, uh, just laying the groundwork of, of, of who we are, who we're going to be as a team um, stylistically, and then also just just honestly just getting the opinions of LeBron, Russ, AD, and just <laughs> seeing how how what, what they mm-hmm. think. And I think Coach Ham's done a great job of just just making sure that everyone's on the same page, instilling his principles, but at the same time knowing like, hey, like these guys are pros, they've done it at a high level. Like we're gonna we're gonna take their intel as well. Right. I, I want to clarify there. I, I knew that. I knew the answer to that question that started today, but I wanted to, you know, mix it up for the listeners. So I sounded like a bad co-host there, not knowing the schedule. But, <laughs> yeah. but I guess how how'd you play today? How did no, you definitely. feel comfortable out there? Like, kind of getting it going, actually putting you know the practice uniform on with all, everyone there for the first time. You yeah, know, it was good. It was good. It was it was good to get out there with with, mm-hmm. with, all, with all my teammates and um, just just kind of get familiar with one another. One another. It's not. Right. LeBron said this last year. This, this isn't instant oatmeal. This isn't going to happen in in one minute. You know what I mean? It's going to take some time. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was a great day. I think we all played hard. I thought we all um, were trying to do the right things. And uh, that that that's step one. And obviously, LeBron's been been to a lot of finals. Been on a lot of great teams. So he he obviously knows what mm-hmm. it takes and and everything like that. So yeah, just kind of kind of get into our interview with with Colin. I thought it was a great great interview once again. Um, this is this is the Patty segment where he tells you, tells us to tells you guys to subscribe. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this has become my main role now. Yeah. I'm like the glue guy. I'm like a walk-on again, <laughs> just doing the dirty work day in and day out. But uh, yeah, subscribe all our pages. Swider Show um, is another great mailbag question of the week. We're we're betting a thousand on mailbag questions we of the are. week, Swider. So we obviously want we obviously want to keep that going. So if you want to be featured, we'll give you. Um, a nice shout out. I got a couple of my friends were busting me about how many times we said shout out in the first episode, but you will get a shout out if you submit a mailback question of the week. So, um, yeah, make sure you Gmail, Swider Show at Gmail will be featured on the show. So, but yeah, like you said, um, you know, really excited to give you guys this interview. Just kind of want to 
roll it right into our conversation with Colin and hope you guys really enjoy it. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome, Colin. Welcome, Colin, to episode three of the Swider Show. Um, obviously, long-standing friendship between me and Collins, going back to the Villanova days. Uh, so, welcome. Appreciate you having me, buddy. First of all, I just, I just want to ask you how how you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm getting there. Just getting back. Just rehabbing, doing everything I need to do uh, to get healthy again. It's not out of the ordinary. I've been hurt last couple summers, so just trying to get healthy again and get right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's funny. Uh, so Patty and, and Colin actually played against each other in high school. Yeah. And, and Patty tells a hilarious yeah. story. We're uh, we're getting right into that off the bat, I, I guess. Mean, I was I was waiting for a little more a little more banter before, but no, let's just get into it. No, I mean, like you said, yeah. First of all, Colin, appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, first non-Qs guest, which will be big for the audience. Hopefully, some Denver people, some Nova people tune in. Yeah, Swider had to blast me right right away with that but uh it is funny there, there's definitely a connection there at least a little bit um i remember playing colin i think i would be someone that colin might forget playing given how the game actually ended but some backstory for the listeners so i'm from scranton like i've said i don't know maybe a thousand times on the podcast already we played archbishop wood where colin went um our senior year and i think you said you remembered the game i guess right like what's your take on the game we got down a little early. It was like eight to two yep. or something. Like early timeout. Early to. Early to. And then <laughs> it kind of our coach kind of just laid into us. Yeah. It just turned up from there, and then it got pretty serious. Yeah. And... Well, by serious, I think you mean it got a little ugly for the for the prep calves, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I, oh, I got the box score here. If we want to go through it, but um. Yeah, I, I mean, well, you guys kind of, yeah, you play very well, which I guess kind of leads into our first question. I think I'm going to do my job as a podcaster here and not just talk about my high school career, but ask you a question where we played in that game and for some backstory, like I said, so a week before that, I'm going to talk about myself again. I had committed to U Sciences, which is in the CAC. Uh, Colin at the time, he had, you had a very good summer, but you were getting like criminally under-recruited. So then we're going into this game, and I'm like, okay, kind of measure myself like this point guard. He seems like he's really good. Seems like, you know, I might be seeing him down the road. And then uh, the game starts, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to play at all if this kid is in my conference. But kind of in line with that, I mean, your coach even mentioned during that game that you weren't really getting many offers that you should have. But it seems like that two-week stretch, we played you December 15th, something like that. Um, was like kind of where you blew up in a lot of ways recruiting. So kind of talk about that stretch and how you go from playing someone like me to playing, you know, in the Big East and eventually becoming a national championship when you're a freshman. Yeah, that was uh, – so I had picked up like two offers that summer. It was like Albany and Maine. Mm-hmm. But then it was like everything else was Division II uh, – then Division three schools were always around because we had other guys uh, on right. our team that were right. at that level. So there's a lot of those schools. And then the night before we played you guys, we had played Abington. And Eric Dixon was on that team who now plays for Villanova. Mm-hmm. Yep. We had by like 30. And I had like 25 or something in three quarters. And I dunked on somebody. 
<laughs> I think I watched that eight eye video the morning of, and I was like, ah, oh, boy, we might be in trouble here. <laughs> All right, say it. Say it again. Say it again, Colin. What? Say it again, because that might have been your only body in your in your career. Man, it's my only. No, no, it's my only in game like dunk where I've dunked on somebody ever, and. <laughs> Like we were playing, hey. we played in summertime, and we like lost by we won by like five or something like that. But this big kid, this big white kid, he was like six eight, and he was like, he like glassed my shit in the in the first game in the summer. So he was like <laughs> talking crazy to me. So I was like, all right. So then he was like chasing me, and I ended up dunking on him. We won by like thirty, and that's where a lot of like the buzz came from after that. And then we played Grand Prep the next night, and. He said he saw it after because I saw it. That video came out like when I was in the locker room after our game against Grand Prep. That's when I first saw that video, the eight eye video. Yeah, so I I saw it before you. That's and you probably saw it. I saw because <laughs> uh, we played Abington. We I played well. Then we played Grand Prep. I played well, and that's right. when it started to pick up a little bit. And then we ended up playing a team from New York, and I played well there too. And then Villanova started to come see me. And then once Villanova came. That's just how recruiting works. Like, right. start to see you and talk about you, then everybody else wants to jump on board. But that's kind of how it happened. But yeah, we we beat the brakes off you guys. Yeah, it was bad. Hey, uh, hey, let's kind of rewind a little bit, Colin. Obviously, me knowing your family, just just being around you at Villanova. Talk about your upbringing. Talk about having an older brother, kind of, and talk about obviously your father. Your father's a obviously an amazing amazing man but let's talk about the the kind of like the competitiveness the will that he he and your brother kind of instilled in you to be the savage that you are on the court yeah those are the legends um they get after it for sure but uh yeah i mean that's just like how we were raised like you said like you know my family and where i come from my dad my brother all like we're a sports family kind of like yours and um you have a lot of brothers and sisters where everything is competitive. You guys, whether it's like games, board games, you could just be talking about stuff and it'll get heated. But um, that's just how I grew up. We were always competitive about stuff. My sister uh, swam Division One. My brother played football. He played a bunch of sports growing up. My dad played football in college. So we would always go outside and it was just sports, compete. If we argued, my dad gave us boxing gloves and we would just box. <laughs> and that's just what it was. So, I mean, that's just how I grew up. That's how he raised us. Just blue-collar family and uh, everything we do was competitive. Yeah, I, I can attest to that. Just knowing Mr. Gillespie, if, if anyone knows Mr. Gillespie, you, you guys know the the tough, rumble kind of guy that he is. And, and it's no mistake how Colin got to where he was, even, even though he – he went through getting not recruited. You know what I mean. So, for, we, me and Patty want to bring up first. Uh, just talk about obviously middle school. You're a big football player, and then your decision to go to Archbishop Wood and kind of go, going through that decision. Yeah, I, I was uh, football is what I wanted to do. Football is my first love. Um, I like basketball, but it never like piqued my interest too much. I was more of a football guy. Uh, and it's weird how it happened. My brother quit football, liked basketball more, and then we ended up flip-flopping. But, um, yeah, in grade school, I was a football guy. My dad was a football coach at Wood. My brother ended up going. Uh, he got back into football 
play football and basketball. He went to Wood. He was a year before me. And that's what I was going there for. I was going there to play football. They had a really good football program. Uh, been to a bunch of state championships, won a bunch of state championships. So I thought that was my best opportunity to get recruited and play football at, at the college level. And that's what I wanted to do. So I played for the first two years. I played my freshman sophomore year. Uh, I played football and basketball. But I had to kind of split the time up. The summers was mainly for football because we had like three days and all types of crazy stuff. So I had to do that. And um, there was a kid in front of me that ended up going to Temple and then Michigan State. So after my sophomore year, I was like, the coaches were there, were all cool and everything. My dad was a coach. So, um, but like they, they kind of took the love out of the game of football for me. And it was more like, or I wasn't having fun with it anymore. So I was like, I like basketball more now. My uh, assistant coach on the basketball team was my AU coach since like seventh grade. So he was he was there with me and I was just like, yo, I can't do this. And I don't feel like playing football anymore. I'm wasting my time in the summer times where I could be getting better at basketball. So I kind of just switched over, did basketball full time and just try to start getting better. And then I hit a growth spurt, which – probably helped um i was like five eleven going into like my sophomore year nothing wrong with that <laughs> i mean if you want to play at a high level you're not gonna yeah no 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 there's yeah and then the way that i was i wasn't like super athletic at the time still not i was and i lost that. We, we, we can talk about that open uh, we'll talk about that later well actually yeah yeah, we will talk about that because what's the that open gym? Is that un- a story? Unreal. Tell the story. Let's talk about right, it right quick. now. I'll, I'll tell it quickly. I'll, I'll tell it quickly because <laughs> yeah. Colin's gonna, Colin's going to be humble and not tell the whole story. So, so that summer, I've never seen some like I don't think Colin missed a shot that whole summer. Like Jalen <laughs> Jalen Brunson is obviously a hundred million dollar player. Colin would like Colin like was going toe to toe with Jalen Brunson that summer. Like it was unreal. So one day we're, we're in open gym. I don't think, like I said, I don't think I don't think I saw Colin miss a shot that summer, and it got it got so ridiculous that Colin was at half court, and at Villanova, like we had we had Brandon Slater, we had Eric, like I think it was Brandon and Eric underneath the basket. Colin hit someone like an in and out, goes one dribble, one step inside the free throw line, goes off a go, like Colin's a one foot jumper naturally, <laughs> goes off a two. Goes off a two, gets like a boost off of someone, and boom for game, for game. No way. Like, we, I think I don't think I don't think I think we stopped playing after that. At least that I was my best. That was my best summer ever, like by far, because I was like healthy. And then when Jalen came back, he was like, you know him. He was talk like he he talked oh. shit. <laughs> so like he's going like he's going crazy doing whatever he wants. And I'm like, all right. We're not about to look bad, so I just started going back at him. But I had I had dunked once, and then I think it was like a it was a DHO between uh, Sadiq and I had he didn't give it to me, but I curled and threw it to me. And then there was like so many guys like in the paint, I didn't really see anybody. I just like saw a bunch of dudes, and I didn't know who was on my team. But I know Eric and Slate were under the rim. And I took off off a two, and I was like, "All right, I'm either getting this shit punched." You dunked on Eric again? 
So that's twice? Eric, it was one of his boys in high school. Oh, okay, okay. Boosted off of... <laughs> I put my hand on Eric's shoulder. I boosted off of Eric, and then Slate was under there, too. And Yeah, that was and, one of the crazy... And Slate met him up top, too. Slate met him up top. It wasn't like Slate well, was like... like he's so athletic, away. yeah. I mean, you saw his UConn block this year. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And then I kind of moved out of the way. And then once I did it, I was I never do that shit. So I'm like, damn, I really just did that. I didn't really know how to react. So I just looked up at the coaches, and they were all staring at me. Are you looking? Yeah. <laughs> all right, I got to validate this free throw. So then I had to make the free throw for game, and I was like, if I miss this, it'll just ruin the whole moment. So I was like, I got to make <laughs> Like, Colin was so bouncy that summer that <laughs> he had Eric Dixon on a fast break. And Kyle went up and dunked it, and Eric looked at him. And he looks over at Eric, he goes, What's wrong with you? Jump with me! because <laughs> <laughs> you know how Villanova is, like, oh, it just, they, they'll curse you out. Like, if you're not jumping with somebody, you're afraid to look bad. So I was like, he was young at the time. He was probably like, all right, I'm just going to let him go. Probably don't, He probably didn't want to hurt me, because he probably would have just folded me up if he, if he hit me. <laughs> So then I, I dunked it, and I looked down. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, we'll block it. <laughs> Wait, while we're on the subject, while we're on the subject, I, I want to go back to, like, talking about your upbringing in Philly at some point. But I feel like it's so interesting when you hear those stories about, like, guys at Nova and even at Q-Swider where the summers are, like, some of the most competitive games you'll play in, like, including actual games. So... Is Nova, is there a real strong, like, like those NBA guys are coming back, like, for most of the summer? And not most of the summer, but as much as they can and working out? Yeah, by far. Those, like, those summer games, like, practices at Villanova are harder than games. Yeah. The summertime is, like, if the pros are back, it doesn't matter who it is. NBA guys, no. guys, right. like, they run their own stuff. Like, they don't. It, the terminology was all like NBA or like overseas terminology that we never knew until now because mm-hmm. like we're yeah. you're looking around and you're just confused because they're running certain shit you can't stop anything and then you're getting cursed out for not playing hard right quote unquote not playing hard I'm like no these dudes are in the league I have no yeah. idea how to guard and stuff but those games yeah. are like oh super competitive fun to watch. I mean, I like summertimes. You guys are playing against them. I was either dealing with injuries <laughs> or on the side watching. Some days I just getting old. I'm like, all right, not playing. Yeah, I I just remember my summers at Villanova being such a critical time for development. Right, I, I think like our summers at Villanova. Where you, I, I try and tell guys at Syracuse this because because Syracuse you just do your stuff in the morning, then you're good. But at Villanova, Colin, right. Six six thirty a.m. lift, hour and a half lift, right? Then most of the time you have a class from like nine to one, nine a.m. to one p.m. Then you have practice from from two to whatever whatever time whatever time we get out in the summer, right? And then you practice three times a week, and then that other day you're you're playing open gym, and sometimes those will be more competitive than the actual practices in the summer. The open gyms were by far more tiring, harder than the summertime practices because the, that's when the pro dudes, the pro dudes aren't coming back to playing practices besides myself and now I got hurt. Jayvon Pinkston. Like, those dudes are playing in 
the pickup games and that's like their conditioning. So they're like, you've done three days of workouts. Then the other two days you're like, all right, let's do like a light open gym today. These dudes come in they're like, all right, we'll play best of seven to 15. Then you got to make a free throw to win. Sometimes you don't make a free throw. You're just going up and down. Sometimes, sometimes you go up and down for like two hours and you're like, no, but then it's best of nine. But then it's best of nine, best of 11. Oh man. (laughs) And then you got to wake up and go to hot yoga that morning. Yeah, hot yoga does you dirty. Pass. I would definitely say going to Villanova prepares you for anything. You know what I mean? It's uh, be, being in that regiment that work, like it's really what it takes to win. And obviously, you 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 saw you saw that more than anyone at Villanova, Colin. So, going going back to high school, um, talk about when you when you truly started to fall in love with the game, uh, and then when you really thought it was a possibility that you could play at the Division One level. Uh, like junior year, I always thought I was good enough, but obviously I wasn't like the biggest, tallest, strongest dude. So I was like, I mean, like you grow up watching it and stuff like that and you dream about it. And then y'all can't be five stars like you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in high school. I'm a 5'10". I'm skinny. I couldn't shoot that well originally. And then I kind of just got better. And then, like, sophomore summer going into junior year, I was like, all right, I'm going to take it serious. And then I got in the gym a lot. And then I just continued to get better. I got a little bit taller. I got a little bit stronger. Um, and then I played against some really good players, but I never played on the circuit, which is probably a mistake. And then uh, I played against some really good players, and I was like, all right, I, could, I can compete with these guys. And then I played in a really good league, so – um, I always thought I could play Division One at the Division One level. I didn't know how high, so I was always thinking like, "All right, I'll just go to a CAA school, uh, or like an A10 <laughs> school somewhere local, <laughs> just like contribute, you know, whatever." And then, <laughs> and then I like see, going into senior year. That's when I really picked up. And, it's unreal. unreal. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I was like, "All right, I'm getting disrespected at this point." Yeah. Like. Cause we had coaches from schools come in and I was a senior and it was like, it was like CAA schools that were coming in. And I was like interested because I was like, all right, I want to get this recruiting process over with. And these dudes were coming in and then I would like find out, Oh, they were coming in to see like the junior class, the dudes under me. Mm-hmm. So then Villanova came around and these dudes are calling me and I'm like, why are you calling my phone now? That's how it works. Well, I was like, you saw me in the summertime, like yeah, nothing's changed, but yeah, it's all about yeah. I I was gonna ask that exact question. Sorry to cut you off, but um, like for the listeners that may not know, the Philadelphia Catholic League is like, in my opinion, one of I don't even think it's an opinion. It's definitely one of the best leagues in the entire country, and. The other thing that's so cool about it, I mean, I obviously didn't play in it, but from the outside looking in, I'm familiar with it from Pennsylvania. It's all people you grow up with, like, playing against your entire life. So, like, that just definitely drives the competitiveness of it. And kind of just talk about, like, how unique that league is. Try and conceptualize for someone who may not know. Like, the Philadelphia Catholic League is, like, what matters the most in the state. So kind of just talk about that and how competitive it was. And like, like you said, all the good players you played. Literally every single night. There were so many guys 
that like went through there. Um, like just all the schools, like New Magretti has won mm-hmm. so many Catholic League championships. Archbishop Carroll was really good for a while. Roman Catholic was really good for a while. Um, like Lamar Stevens plays in the league now. Mm-hmm. Tony Carr was in the league for a little bit. Uh, Derek Jones in the league for a little bit. Uh, Deion Waiters went to New McGrady. So, like, I watched that growing up, and then I didn't know. I knew I was going to go to a Catholic League school because there was a couple that were around my house, and then uh, there was a couple that were a little bit further. So I ended up going to Wood, and um, they were never really – they were always known for being a football school. And then we got a new coach, the assistant from New McGrady, my assistant – or my AU coach was big in the city in terms of he was an AU coach for team final and knew a lot of people. So we kind of started getting guys and we got better, but playing the league every night, it made you better. You're playing against mm-hmm. some of the top competition in the city of Philadelphia. Um, when I was there, I played against, like I said, Lamar Stevens, Tony Carr, Derek Jones, Quade Green, Dada was in our league. Um, so those guys, like those were bigger games for us. And right everybody in the city was going to those games because yeah. they were the top teams in the league, blah, blah, blah. And then um, that was really like state playoffs was kind of light because I was just going to ask that exact question from the outside looking in. It's like, it looks like all I care, not all you care about. Obviously you want to win a state championship, but like the Catholic league is the one. Yeah, for sure. Like Catholic league, it was harder to go through the Catholic league playoffs. Like oh, Catholic yeah. league playoffs, it's three games and like the margin of victory was way, way smaller than mm-hmm. like state, I think in the state playoff we won every game by like twenty to twenty five points. Yeah, well, so we won by like forty, and it was just like Catholic League is kind of just like if you win the Catholic League, then you're like that's like the goal. That means more. Yeah, that's uh, I mean. That's bringing up nightmares for me because my last three years of high school, how Scranton works is if you win my district, then it's actually crazy. So if you come in third in our district, you don't have to play a Philly team till the final four states, and people never make it to the final four states because if you win the district, you play the third best team out of the Philly area who beat us by, I think, 35 every single year. So it was like you get to the state playoffs, like we would kill everybody in districts, get to states, win our first round game, second round game. It's like, oh, here we go. Emotep, 40 ball. <laughs> Especially them. They're, they're a public school. Yeah, so and like, yeah, yeah. they're not Catholic League. But uh, like we played Newman my second – my junior we played Newman. They scored 120 points in a high school playoff game. I mean – like the top like four Catholic League schools, and then there would be like three or four public teams that were like really good, right? Run through states and then end up playing each other in the state playoff again, somewhere in the final four in the state championship. And it was just like, and then they split everybody up between the class, like class 1A, 2A, 3A, right? And everybody got split up, so it was a little bit more like <laughs> yeah. playing each other again, but. I mean, it was a great league just to play in every right. night. You're getting good competition, and especially dudes like Colt, where you're from, like, what what league? What leagues are those? It's the NEPSAC, so like Brewster Academy, North Mount Herman. That extra level of competition that you're not getting every night, even in the Catholic league. Like, there's some teams that are super weak, and like, like one, two, or three teams at the bottom that 
you might not it could just be like an off night where you could go in and you could win by like 20 without really like breaking sweat yeah so Colin talk about that week you committed to Nova um obviously I remember seeing that you committed to Nova I was like oh nice another uh little white guy going to Nova you know what I mean just like typical typical thoughts but Talk about that week you committed to Nova, kind of the publicity you got from that, what the reaction was from that, from from the general public. <laughs> uh, I don't know how Villanova people took it. Like, obviously people compared me to Arch, and they were probably excited for, like, in that sense. But not a lot of Villanova people had seen me play uh, that much because I wasn't really, like, a bigger name until my senior year or so. Um I don't even know if people – like, people didn't expect a lot out of me my freshman year. I contributed a little bit, got hurt, and then started playing a little bit at the end. And there was a lot of mixed emotions. Like, obviously, as athletes, like, you read things. Like, you – like, it's hard once you have social media. Like, you see stuff. And uh, the Villanova people, like, towards the end, they love me. But, like, when you're a freshman and you're a sophomore and you're going through, like, those growing pains of, like um, – not always having the ball, not it's it's just different. Like when you get to college for the first time, especially at Villanova, in the system that they have, the culture that they have, um, it's hard to adjust for certain people, and everybody kind of goes through it at some point. So I struggle a little bit. Fans might love you one game, they'll hate you another. You know that. Um, so I think the first couple years it was tough, but when I first committed, I don't think really that many people knew about me and. They kind of just probably thought I was like another Arch or like I was supposed to live up to Arch's expectations because he had just won a championship. I was another white point guard from the area. So, I mean, one thing I will say, Colin, is that you never look flustered, like ever. My three years with you, like I remember, I mean, obviously Javon Quinterly had a lot of hype coming out of high school and that summer, everyone was asking me, oh, like, how's, how's Javon looking? How He's going to be a starting point guard, right? I was like, you guys understand, like, we have a beast in Gillespie. Like, he, like you're not going to say it, but you took that summer personally in terms of, like, all right, like, like you're, you won that starting job wholeheartedly. But talk about um, just going into your freshman year, going against Jalen Brunson every single day, and just that freshman year in general obviously ended with a national championship. Yeah. I mean, that, that made me better that whole year, uh, going against him, watching what, how he worked, his work ethic. Not only him, just, like, the other guys uh, from that team, too. Like, they were older guys who had been through similar situations. And um, that year was really important for my development mindset in terms of coming out of high school, you kind of really don't know how to carry yourself especially in college and having a guy like Jalen, he was national player of the year, uh, won a national championship. So I got to watch everything that he did that year. Uh, and that was really important for my growth. But yeah, like you said, going into that second year, um, I knew J I knew JQ was coming in and whatnot. Um, but I really wasn't kind of phased by it. I wasn't affected by it. I was just going to kind of do my thing and, um, Mikhail Bridges was really important. He was like, bro, the culture is set for a certain way. Like, as a young guy, you're really not supposed to come in and, like, just beat an older guy out. Those older guys have the habits they have. They know the culture and what it's supposed to take. So um, 
I was just going to go do what I was supposed to do and uh, just play Villanova basketball. And you know how that, that coach just loves that stuff. So yeah, uh, I would have taken taken care of everything else. And then obviously you have to have some sort of talent. And um, I knew that I could play. And I think I showed him a little bit my freshman year, like what I could do. And then at that point it was just Eric and Phil. But, yeah. The Eric and Phil show. Eric and Phil just carry us and everybody else just be out there and play Villanova basketball, dive on the floor and take charges. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So that kind of made it easier. They kind of put everything on Eric and Phil, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't like you, you know how it is as an athlete, like no matter what people say, like you put in a lot of work for your craft and you just got to stand on it. Yeah. I mean, you you mentioned Villanova basketball. I was going to ask you about you take like a huge leap from freshman to sophomore year. I was wondering, this is actually, both of you could probably answer this, but more so Colin because you played the point. Um, at Nova, when you're about to start as a guard, is it like, okay, we have to have this kid have the best turnaround in the lane, play off two feet at all times, and <laughs> just never make a mistake ever? Like, is that something that's drilled every single day? Or is it like, you kind of just because obviously your play style was like that beforehand, but once you start running the show, it's like every single possession down, it's like two feet, jumps out of the lane, hit the turnaround. Like, I mean, we work on it every day. Yeah, those, yeah. There's certain drills that you just do every day. Every, every day. day. Vitamins. At that no. point, you're just like, oh, this is natural. This is like a, this is my habit now. But right. even coming out of high school, like I used to play off one foot all the time. I used to leave my feet, throw a pass off one foot, and then now I'm like sitting here as a Villanova dude, like, oh, that's crazy. Like it's yeah. crazy for a one foot pass or jumping, jumping the air. But I mean, it's just habit. After like a year and a half of right. doing every single day, you're like this point like last year i was like getting annoyed going into practice like (laughs) how much is that like watching like brunson and and ryan arch too because they obviously played the same way so it's like patty Patty, i'll answer that for you bro it's literally every day that's what i mean yeah these are for both yeah like it's like (laughs) colin colin made it look easy doing those habits every day like like we we would go into practice and it's like all right like we're going The same, like we're we're gonna do our jump stop drills. We're gonna shot fake rip one dribble jump stop, pivot three times on on each foot. Yep. Bounce pass out to the three point line. Come back out. Shot fake one dribble, jump stop in the lane like shot. Or or we would do mm-hmm. the same thing again and then and then do a finish. Like Colin was able to translate it so easy to the games, but I I don't know. It's just something that you do every single day, right, Carl? So just have it, yeah. It's annoying to do, like, nobody likes doing it. But then even, like, not even in drills, like, you do it in, like, five, like, they would have us do five on O, and they're, like, they're saying it while they're telling you what play to do, like, oh, we want you to get a full bar reversal, get in lane, jump stop, kick out opposite, extra pass. And, like, you hear it every day for, like, hours and hours on end. And half the time, like, I didn't like doing it, but I'd rather not get yelled at and do it. So I didn't get yelled at. So, so Colin, after that sophomore year, I mean, I'm just going to read some stats real quick, just talk about your career. 1,858 college points, two-time Big East Player of the Year, third-team All-American your senior year, All-American again as a fifth year, Bob Cousy Award winner, 
obviously you had all the you had the two-time first team Big East all, uh, all, all Big East. You had a second team All Big East. Like going there and and just thinking about your career now, like like what can you even say to that? Uh, just just think about like your journey to get there, right? Not recruited, like kind of like Coach Wright told you he might redshirt you as a freshman, and then having that type of career. I was supposed to be like a practice player, like with a scholarship. So like, I never knew that until like I got there and it was like my second year and I heard it from like Phil or E or somebody, like when I was going to visit for the first time, they were like, Oh, we might take this kid as like a pra another practice guy, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I was supposed to red shirt. And I mean, it all like God's got a plan for everybody and like your situation um, going through all the ups and downs at Villanova, then find a place where you felt like you could be yourself. And like, it always ends up working out for each guy in their own way. So um, mine was a little bit different. I was, high school was whatever it was. And then I think a lot of my success came from the guys around me, the coaches around me, the guys that I learned a lot from, Jalen, Mikhail, Dante, Phil, Eric, all those guys, like, without any of those guys, I don't you guys, like, none of that other stuff happens, and um, a lot of that credit goes to, like, you guys. I would have never thought about it, like, going into Villanova, um, especially with the guys that we had there, but, shit, certain guys pick it up, and certain guys yeah. can do it in the system, and the system is built for certain people, and I just – got really lucky I guess and I mean it also helped that I played behind Jalen for a year and got to kind of watch him do it and then I had like the blueprint but before before we get into junior year just talk about the kind of coach uh the kind of coach that coach Wright is right like the 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 process driven kind of coach that he is I mean to me he's he was probably the the top one of the top if not the top coach in college basketball the last 10 years right so just talk about just just talk about Coach Wright, what he meant, what he means to you, and and obviously the kind of coach that he was in the program that that he he built at Villanova. I mean, yeah, he was uh, he dominated college basketball for like the last five years, just two national championships, Final Fours. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was just like he's so hard to like talk like to describe because he's so like even keel all the time, but then he's so turn up at times. And then like, he's so different when he's on the court with you versus when he's off the court, he's like one of your, like trying to be like one of your best friends and like, he'll do anything for you. And then on the court, he's going to push you so hard. Like that you'll be like, yo, this dude hates me. But um, I think the, the way that he pushed me was, um, it really worked for me. Uh, that's kind of the way that I grew up. I remember walking into Villanova. My dad was like, yo, whatever you need to do, like, just do it. Like, make sure he gets better. Make sure uh, he becomes a man. And I think that was really the, the best part about him is, like, he cares about you more as a person than he does as a player. Like, he wants you to become the best version of yourself, the best man that you could possibly be by the time you're out. But within all of that, he's still trying to make you the best basketball player you can try to get you to the league and become a professional. For sure. Yeah. I mean, Swider mentioned it before just to sort of like move into your junior year here. Obviously that's another progression where you take like a big leap in 
started playing really, really well. Like, in our preparation, we did do some preparation. We saw, like, it seems like your Baylor game, your junior year, was like, you played really well. I think that was a holiday tournament. Yep. And that was the year before they won the national championship, but that they had, like, Damian Mitchell and Jerry Butler, all those guys. They were loaded, so... Um, was that just kind of like gaining confidence throughout the year and in a way just like proving to yourself and to other people? It's like, yeah, like I, I'm the best player on this team. Like I could really like deal with these expectations every night. And like how did that kind of, I don't know, build your confidence from there? And then you go into conference play and obviously you guys play really well. Um, yeah, so just individually kind of talk about that stretch. Junior year was weird. Like, junior <laughs> year was just like, it was just like from start to finish, it was just like a shit show. Yeah, and I, I mean, it obviously nose. ended so weird. Yeah, it was brutal. I broke my nose in the summer, and then you guys went to USC. We got beat so bad, and then like then you hear everybody say like, "Oh, Villanova's not the same team," blah blah, and then nope, right right back up top. <laughs> and then we played Ohio State, and then we got beat so bad at Ohio State and then the same thing and then we went and played in that tournament Cole turned up the first game had like 26 <laughs> thanks Cole thanks Cole <laughs> and then uh, yeah we played Baylor and Baylor was like they were good but nobody knew who they were and we were winning for most of the game and then they ended up beating us and then they were ranked like number one all year People mm-hmm. were like, oh, they're going to win a national championship. Um, but, yeah, I mean, junior year was just – I don't even know how to explain it. Because we played well for – like, after that game, we played well for the most part. Then we hit a, a stretch where we lost three games in a row. And we lost, like, Seton Hall, Providence, and Creighton all at home, I think. Butler. Butler hit that game winner. Like, more so, I wasn't even thinking about myself and how I was playing. I'm just like, yo, don't let right. the culture slip in terms of, like, Villanova basketball. Because I didn't really care what other people outside thought. I, I, like, really cared, like, to let former players down. Right. And, like, not want them to think, oh, he was, like, a part of a bad Villanova basketball team. You know how, like, Cole mm-hmm. knows, like, always bring up the 2012-13 team. He's like... We get a bunch of guys who are prima donnas, like these five stars. You guys think you're all that, blah, blah. And then the shit slips. And I'm like, all right, well, it's not about to happen like on our watch. So like, and then we we had lost like, we had lost the big five the one year. And I was just like, damn, I'm not like, that's the only thing I thought about. Right. Was, like, Don't let the slip and don't let other like former players think that like it went down on your watch. Yeah. So obviously that year we, we ended up being a top ten team at the end of the year. COVID happened. Talk about just talk about how that season ended with COVID, where we like where we were. Just talk just talk just talk about that a little bit. I mean, we were we were getting ready to play. Like we were watching Creighton versus St. John's and then nobody had talked about it. And then, like, we went to shoot around, came back, and they were like, yeah, like, tournament's canceled. So we were like, nobody nobody knew what was happening. They just can't. Like, we were watching the TV, and they were, like, canceling every tournament. And then one of the coaches came in, and they were like, yeah, like, they're going to cancel this game at halftime. 
So then we just got on the bus and went home. It took two hours to get home, got off the bus, and they were like, the the rest of the season's canceled. And I was like, no way. I was like, it's not even possible. I don't think there's ever been an NCAA tournament that's been, just been canceled. And then after they canceled the tournament, we got sent home like two days later, and that was just it. And <laughs> I remember I remember talking to Kyle when we were home because it, it was originally supposed to be for like 10 days and Coach Wright talks to us. He's like, yeah, like we'll go home for like 10 days and then I don't know, we'll start practicing again. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> <laughs> the world is shut down, yeah. <laughs> so so then I'm, I'm talking to Kyle, I'm like, please tell me we don't go back and start practicing. Please tell me. <laughs> I'm not going back in 10 days to start practice already. We're supposed to be in the NCAA tournament. That was also, the biggest tournament was the first one to like, get canceled like that was the first one to shut down so it was kind of like what the hell is happening you know what i mean like yeah it was it was weird because there was a game going on and i was like no way they just shut this down mm-hmm. i think uh so so moving on we obviously finished that year top 10 in the ap and all that stuff and then talk, talk about just the covid year uh how weird that year was and and obviously you made another leap being Big East Player of the Year. You, Jeremiah, and I think Sandro was the, was the third Big East. The only big three Big East Player of the Year. Uh, what, what do you even call that? What do you even call that? <laughs> that was so stupid. I would. I, I mean, I don't, honestly don't care. Like, very like honored, I guess, and like grateful to have like had that recognition. But I mean, how many teams were in the Big East? Ten. 11 with UConn. It's like, I don't even know how that happens. It's an odd number of schools, and it's getting yeah. voted by coaches. So that makes – I mean, I guess it makes sense because you can't vote for your own player, but I don't really know. I mean, honored and grateful to have received it, but uh, the COVID year was super weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were in like – pods that we designed that they designed by like your room and your roommates that's who you were going to work out with so it was like me cole eric and jeremiah great room like and then they put me in their workouts and we were doing like post-up drills and <laughs> like catching on the mid post and i'm just like all right i might as well just get hurt and sit out for a couple of weeks so i don't have to do <laughs> Like I'm, I'm never gonna win these drills. And then uh, we did all that. Nep had us doing all this. Like me and Cole were then just partners for like a couple weeks because then we got COVID again, and we were just doing like just hella shooting drills, conditioning drills, and we're like an hour and a half into a workout, and Cole beats me in a shooting drill, and I'm like, all right, because I had originally. I will always stand on this. I had originally won a drill, and Nep was like, all right, this is the last drill, blah, blah. So I started walking off. And then what do you know? We do, like, five more drills. And then I win. Cole ended up winning, like, the last, like, two drills. So I got hot because I'm like, these were supposed to be over the last, like, like four drills ago. So I, like, threw the ball or whatnot because the other group was coming in. And, like, I'm mad. I'm, like, blacking out. But Cole is like, I hear Cole from like across the court. He's like, 
I know he's probably further away than just across the court. If you could still hear him, he was like on the other side. He was like saying something, and I was just like, I was still blacked out from like losing a drill because I thought I had won like two drills ago, and I was like, all right, it's mm -hmm. over. And then I just was like, all right, I'm just about to black on him. I'm just about to snap. Yep. So I snapped, and I was like, I was like, what did I say? It's like you like. <laughs> You're such a good drill shooter. Make him in the game, Cole. <laughs> wow. I meant it out of love. I meant it out of love. So I was like, damn. He's my ass right now in these shooting drills. Wait. I'm so mad. I was like, I need him to do this in the game. If if you guys are partners, if you're, like, doing seven drills, who's winning? Come on, Colin. Long, long silence. <laughs> Depends on the day. I got him a few times. Yeah, no. I, Colin, Colin, like, Colin, that cold. I'm really hot or I'm like, just. No, but that COVID year, I, you, you didn't miss a shot that year either. That, in the in workout? No, just, no, no. I'm not, like, in games. Like, I remember. Just overall. <laughs> you were just, you were just knocking them down. Nah, I mean the the most fun game was uh, when you hit the shot against Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so hyped after that game. I yeah, thought we man. lost. I was like, damn. Cole just big balls of three with like. Two <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, like uh, I, I think I think the funniest thing from that year was we we don't play a game for like twenty five days, and, and, and then we play Seton Hall. And uh, at the end of that, at the end of that game, I, I ended up playing pretty well because Jermaine and Colin couldn't couldn't play a lot of minutes that game because they or not Jermaine and Colin, Jermaine and Caleb couldn't play a lot of minutes that game because they were they, they had something yeah, they, they, they just got yeah they just got COVID or something like that, and uh, so I, me and Slate end up starting that game with Colin, Jeremiah, and, and Justin. So it gets to the end of the game, I, I get a it's tied, I get a rebound. I get fouled. I go to the uh, to the line, make one out of two to put us up by one. So we end up winning the game, and Colin for the rest of the week is calling me GW, game winner. <laughs> uh, those games were so funny. Yeah, so I guess just moving on to your next year, like you said, that you're sucked in so many ways, and then unfortunately, um, you know, it's sort of getting back to normal. You guys have a full year. You're playing really well senior year, and then – you get hurt, and it's kind of like you keep saying you're hurt every summer. This is another summer where you're hurt. So, kind of just talk about that period, how frustrating it was, um, and then like sort of your decision, I guess, to come back and trying to prepare for another year where there's a bunch of expectations, but you're hurt the entire summer. Yeah, I mean, like that was my first real major injury. Like all the other summers were like just like little nagging things. So a couple weeks, yeah. Two weeks, and then. That was like my first real one where I needed surgery for it. And like, I rely on my faith a lot to get me through things. So that's kind of just something I like relied on. And um, it was, I was pissed because then I was like, I don't know if I should go back, especially with like COVID and all that. Right. Like, it's going to be another year like it was senior year. I was like, I don't want to go back and go through all that stuff again. So um, I eventually figured out what it was going to be like. Talk to my family, um, talk to the coaches, uh, 
knew that the right place for me to rehab was at Villanova, uh, just around people that I knew, uh, not going into something super different with a bunch of different faces, a new place. So I think it was the best decision for me. And then I also kind of wanted to uh, be healthy going into like the whole NBA process. Right, makes sense. It would have been tough to go into it injured, you know, saying that now it doesn't make much sense because I'm hurt, but I got to go through like the workout process and the combine and stuff like that uh, healthy. So talk about that fifth year a little bit, Colin. Like obviously being at Villanova for four years is a lot, but that fifth year, how you kind of went into that me mentally when you finally got healthy and then um, let's talk about the year in general. Best year ever. I had one class. They weren't on me. They were like, this is coming off an injury. Um, so they were like, let me get back to being healthy. You know how, like, coach, like, how he says, like, Colin, you're not a good shooter, Colin, you're a good shooter. Like, he was talking about, like, player of the year stuff. And I'm like, I'm not even healthy. He would, he would talk to the team. He's like, you see him? He's playing right now. He's not playing like a player of the year. You think he's a player of the year? He's not a player of the year. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I was like, I'm not even thinking about that stuff right now. I was like, I'm just trying to get healthy. and, um, But he, he does, like, those little things to, like, motivate you and drive you and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of the best years, personally, just, like, being able to focus on myself, like, get healthy again, get in the gym a lot, um, get a bunch of extra shots up because I wasn't doing anything all day and, uh, I got a lot stronger over that summer because I was just lifting upper body with Shaq. And um, I eventually got healthy like a couple weeks into the season. I got comfortable again. It took a little while to get comfortable after having to play with a brace on, just trusting my knee again. Um, and that's kind of what just happens with any injury. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great year. Um, I did well. and I thought I did pretty well. Uh it was one of the best years I thought I had. I think we got to give uh, Shaq Fed a shout out because he is like one of the best TikToks ever. He's always coming up on my FYP, and he's you guys are doing those little hops with the medicine ball. Best strength and conditioning coach in the country. <laughs> By far, he gets after it. He does. He does. No, I, I always have a soft spot in my heart for for Shaq because Shaq li lives it. You know what I mean? He, he uh, mm -hmm. each and every day. Yeah. So uh, obviously this past year, I got to play against you guys, um, and it was, it was obviously really weird playing against you and Jermaine and everyone like that. But talk about uh, your mindset going into that game, Colin, because I, I can I can mention my mindset after. Get in fucking Cole's ass, <laughs> <clears throat> bro! I was so hyped to play that game, and then it was like the first half was so shitty. Uh, like we just played horrible. I think we took our most ever threes in Villanova history in that game. Seventy-one. No, I think we took fifty. Seventy-one shots. Seventy-one shots. For fifty. I mean, you guys sat in the zone, so we were like just twelve for fifty. It was a horrible shooting night, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was like anticipated, obviously, because people had like talked about it. I think they, the reporters asked us about it. Um, and then you hit your first three and, like, smiled and stuck your tongue out. And I was like, all right, I'm yeah. going to do that. Sweet. 
that's the rest of the game. <laughs> they had on transition hit us. He like stuck a three, and then uh, like they always put me on every like other team's best shooter. So I was like, all right, I'm just he's not getting a shot off. And I only got one shot in the second half. You know me, I'm not sitting in my triangle. Like no. I'm just gonna deny you. No. Yeah. So I just yes, did. Then you raked my arm in the second half. <laughs> just absolutely. Just... Oh, that definitely was a foul. Did they call a foul? No, they didn't call a foul. I don't even remember it. Yeah, of course. Were you guys like but... talking shit during that game or or how's that go? Word to him. Really? I don't think Kyle looked me in the eye. If we were winning by more, I would have, I would have like laughed and like been like, you know, just like. That that was obviously a competitive game, but it it was it was so tough. I mean, you weren't gonna let me get a shot, and then we just we couldn't make one either. But but going into the the rest of your senior year, you guys obviously make a a a big run to the Final Four, win the Big East Championship again. Um, Just talk about that little March Madness run uh, towards the end of the year, and just. Let's talk about how Villanova usually does in the tournament. I mean, I just wanted to win. I didn't really care about anything else. I didn't care about – obviously, you always want to play well, but I wanted to to leave on a high note, um, and we did really well. Um, we played DP again uh, the first weekend, Dil- which which was really cool. Dylan Painter, who was also a Villanova transfer, who transferred to Delaware. Yes, we played him. And then we played Ohio State, and then that was always like everybody always gets so nervous at Villanova about the second week, the the first weekend, the second game, and we ended up winning that game. And after that, it was kind of just like, all right, let's just go play. And we ended up we beat Michigan, and then we beat Houston in the Elite Eight, and then Justin got hurt, and that was frustrating, obviously, because I thought we were good enough to win it. Um, him averaging 15 and then being our best defender, put him on everybody, best player. It was frustrating, but shit just happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was all that I could have asked for because I, that's the reason, one of the reasons I came back. Looking back at Nova, what would you say your favorite game was in your Villanova career, if you can even pick out, pick out a game? Obviously the national championship, but. Yeah, I'm not going to say national championship. That's too cliche. Um, Kansas, our junior year yep. at home, Wells Fargo, was is probably one that's up there, but Providence this year at Providence. Like, that, that, was the that was the craziest, like, Providence crowd ever that I've played at. Um, and <laughs> Providence fans, bro, like, you know how they are, like, Yep. They're just like, well, we're the best team in the Big East this year. We won the regular season. We're going to beat Villanova. And I was like, all right. That 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 left hand, like, like side hezzy, that was. That was quarantine work. Yep. Coach Wright had me, you, Nep had us doing it. Like, work. that was like the year, or was it our senior, was it my senior year, where he had us just work on, like, slides. The whole time. Yep. So Coach Wright brought me into his office probably early early my junior year. He's like, hey, Cole, like, I don't want you to go shot fake rip and hop, hop, hop jumper anymore. He's like, I want you to go strictly shot fake and slide threes. 
And then after you that, do we, love, you do love that shot. So a- after that, he literally put it into one of our drills uh, that, that we do every single day, and that was a part of a part of it. Before that, we never did it. So obviously, that's that's a big big part of my game now. It's a big part of like what I mean. I don't know if you guys did it as much last year, but uh, my junior year, yeah, it's part of footwork drill. Part of footwork drill now. So obviously, after your, your season, talk about how you kind of picked your agent, and then just the pre-draft process in general, where you went for pre-draft and. And, and everything that kind of went, went on there. It was kind of easy. Um, a lot of Villanova guys are, are with Excel. Uh, Sadiq is with Excel and one of my agents. Uh, so that was kind of easy. I just vibe with those dudes. They're kind of like more like uh, my boys that like are my agents at the same time. It was just like a good relationship right away. Uh, and I felt comfortable with them, so I just went with them. And then I went to Miami for a pre-draft, uh, stayed down there for a couple months. Um, that was really good. Just lifted every day, worked out twice a day, um, got stronger, just got better. And then um, I went to the Combine. That was interesting. Uh, it was, like, fun, but – there's just a lot that goes into it, um, and it was it wasn't what I expected it to be. Like what you watch on TV, there's a lot behind the scenes that goes on uh, with it. So that was fun to just be a part of. And then uh, after the combine, you know how the 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 workouts go. Like it's just plane, then you're somewhere else, and then you're on a plane, and then you're somewhere else, and it was just hectic. So. But it was good. I mean, it's something that you dream about, obviously, as you know. And uh, it was just, like, fun to see certain guys in workouts and be able to play against them. It's funny. So, me and Colin were supposed to have a workout together, actually, for the for the Lakers. And uh, really? Colin had, had a little little what, sprained ankle, maybe? No, nah, it was like – I mean, it was kind of like a sprained ankle. It was from that – it was from senior year, like – I had turned my ankle against UConn and then did it a bunch of times after that. And then I ended up doing it in the Clippers workout like the day before the Lakers workout. So, so, so I never got to see Colin in, in the pre-draft workouts. I mean, I, I did 13. Colin, how many, how many workouts did you do? 14. Yeah, so, I mean, we were all over the place. We never saw each other once, which which was sad. But <laughs> How many weeks does that span? Like how long you – like you're doing 14 workouts and how long of a time? Like three weeks? Oh, like one straight month just carrying around dirty clothes, sweaty. It's disgusting. Stay in hotels, like. You just check in and out of hotels. It was brutal. Just like, yeah, moving into draft night, obviously you play really well in these workouts. You're like garnering interest. Um, I guess just talk about where you were draft night, obviously what it meant. Um, and then ultimately your decision to with the nuggets here yeah i was at home with family and friends um i mean i thought i was good enough to get drafted in second round that's kind of when my night started late second round and um things just happen the draft is a business so right um, i knew going into that night that i had denver as a two-way option if i didn't get drafted and uh, certain things had happened and um, I love my Denver workout uh, it was 
really good. I thought I was going to be able to play there because I thought I had COVID, but then I got tested and I was fine. Um, and I just had like a really good relationship with Coach Malone and the front office and um, some of the staff here. So it went really well. I was comfortable with the people and uh, going out there. And obviously it was an opportunity for me to live out my dreams and I, I didn't want to pass it up. And the guys kind of just, the draft fell into place the way that it did. And uh, I was on the phone with Coach Malone when like pick 58 was happening because I knew it was, that's where I wanted to go. Well, that's awesome. I, I, uh, I mean, I thought I could get drafted too. And then the kind of like, it's funny like how the night just keeps on going. You know what I mean? You're like, all right, th this team's interested, but all right, they're going to go with someone else. This team's interested going with someone else. And then it's like, you're calling your agent. It's just crazy. Like the most stressful, like two, three hours of your life. You're like, think it's going to happen. And then you get texts that like they're taking somebody else or they're moving back in the draft or they're moving yeah. up to get somebody. So it's just like you get to like the firsthand experience of the business that night. And then it's kind of just like you're happy after that because you're the team. I remember talking to you the night of the draft, and you were like, congrats and everything, and I was saying congrats to you, and you are like, nah. You're like, nah, I'm pissed. You're like, obviously, I'm, I'm, happy that, I'm happy that I'm with the Nuggets. I'm happy I'm, with, I'm, I'm on a two-way, but you're like, nah, I'm pissed. And I'm like, I'm like what? Like, who would have thought that, that we were going to be in the situation, you know what I mean, like two years ago? But nah, he's like, nah, I'm pissed. I should have got drafted. Screw, screw all these guys. <laughs> Man, bro, that's just like my – that's just how I am. That's my mindset. Chip on your shoulder. Yeah. That's how I grew up. That's that's how my, like, basketball career life has gone. And motivates you. Just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to just keep proving these people wrong. Especially sure. after you go on workouts with people who are, like, first and second round draft picks. And you're like, all right. It's not a big difference. No, for sure. So talk about, obviously, you, you played really well in Summer League. Just quickly, just talk about just Summer League and, and, and that experience in, in Vegas. Summer League was super fun. Uh, it was the first time doing, like, something different than Villanova and uh, something that, I mean, Villanova just is different in terms of, like, play style and stuff like that. So you can kind of, like, expand your game a little bit more and do different things, and you get to see how the NBA style is, the pace um the different like terminology and the sets that they run so it was all interesting and like fun to get experience for the first time um obviously getting to see like all of your friends play like I got to go to some of your games I got to go to Jermaine's games a lot of the guys that I worked out with for with Excel in uh, uh pre-draft with so that was all super cool it's just a cool environment to be around for sure, yeah. I mean, I I thought I thought you played played a great summer league and and everything like that. So I was I was really happy for you uh, during that time. But just just wrapping up here, Colin. Uh, obviously, you have uh, this injury and you have rehab going on. Uh, what, what would you say some of your goals are in terms of just attacking this rehab and is coming back this season a possibility? Is it something that you're aiming towards? What What are some of the things that that you that you're thinking about? heading into this rehab process and ultimately if, if you do come back yeah uh just get healthy 
as fast as I possibly can. Obviously not rushing it, but uh, it's a bone injury, so um, they heal a little bit faster. And um, I've been kind of just, I got right to it when I was at home. I rehabbed there for two weeks, and then I came out here when I was able to fly. And I've been rehabbing here ever since, and uh, it's going well. I'm obviously progressing uh, pretty well. I'm starting to walk in a boot and hopefully get the boot off now in a couple weeks. But um, I want to return this year. Uh, we'll see where it goes and how I continue to pro uh, progress or progress from there. But uh, originally it's a five to six month injury. So that leads me to where around January, February, which is like right in the middle of the year. Um, but we'll see kind of just how I feel and gradually just after coming back, being able to run on it, shoot on it, see how I feel. Cause I'm going to treat it like it's six to nine, but it's really five to six. Yeah. Well, Colin, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Always a pleasure talking to you and, and getting to and, and getting to hash things out a little bit. Um, like I said, like I said, from me, Patty, Adam, Jake, uh, we appreciate you coming on the Sweater Show and being our first uh, non-Cuse guest. Yeah, no, I definitely definitely appreciate it. Good meeting you, man. Um, I guess I forgive you now that you came on our podcast for kicking our ass in 2017. So. Appreciate you well, that wraps up our, our show with Colin. And uh, as I said again, thanks thanks for Colin for coming on. And uh, we'll be back with another guest soon. All right. Um, thank you again to Colin Gillespie for, for joining us. Me and Swider really enjoyed the conversation. Hope you guys do as much as we did. Um, just real quick to close up some housekeeping stuff we wanted to mention again. Um, I swear this is new audio of me saying this. It's not just the same one over and over and over and over again, but Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. In order to see the actual uh, guests for each week, you should definitely follow our social media. That's where we introduce it each week. Um, our producer, Jake Sheridan, chops up what I think is a good idea. If you think it's a bad idea, then b blame him. A, a nice little question mark on the Instagram story. So it's like, oh, who's on the, who's on the show this week? So, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. Be announcing each week who we have. And, uh, yeah, give us some feedback. And can't wait to you guys to tune in to this interview with Colin and in the future. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. 
We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, swidershow at gmail.com. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week. Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer is Adam Lewis. Swider Show is created by Cole Swider, Patty Casey, and producer Adam Lewis. All rights reserved. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.